Bizarre Investigations. I'm Hugh. And I be that boy, Josh. <laughs> I'm Josh. I'm Josh. And uh, this is part two of Casey Anthony. Uh, part two, uh, episode 32, part two. Yep. So we're no longer doing like part or episode 33, part two. We're just going to, yeah, you guys see it. You guys see it. You, you see what see we're it. doing here. All right. So where we left off last episode, we're not going to do the fucking... Last time on Bizarre Investigation because it never works out. It never works out that way, but we'll go we'll do a little tiny recap, I guess. No, you, you, you got the recap. It was pretty much um, how much Casey lies yep. about everything. Mm-hmm. We talked about how the car was impounded and the parents found the smell in the trunk. Mm-hmm. They then reported it to the police and the police came and they started looking for Kaylee at this time because mm-hmm. she was reported missing. They also uh, were led on a wild goose chase with Casey going to apartment complex looking for this nanny named Zanny, and then they took her. Uh, Casey Universal. took the police to Universal. They were uh, lied to again because she doesn't work there. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that's about where we left off. Yeah, uh, we had that phone call, the police call. Yeah, yeah, you guys... to how she was monotone, and the mom yeah. or the grandma was. Very frantic. The two different types of people, I guess. Yeah, the one, one guilty, who cares. one not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but you want to? You just want to start it off right now? Yeah, yeah. So on this episode, um, I kind of just want to go like, let's go over the timeline, and we'll we'll just the timeline will lead into the the trial. Correct. And so it, this, I I feel like this might be the last episode. It will part. be because, I mean, I don't want to drag this out. We could probably drag it out for a few more episodes, but let, let's try to get everything condensed into this episode so that it's not too long. Real fast, uh, she's trying to become a private investigator right now. That's funny, dude. Casey Anthony. Yeah, because you guys know I feel like I, in her latest interview, she talked about she wants to have another kid now. <laughs> That's crazy. Could you imagine that? Like being this woman's kid and growing up and be like, uh you killed my sister like what the hell yeah that that would be weird that'd be yeah yeah I, please don't have another kid if you ever hear this casey don't have another kid and we're not, not we're not saying that you killed it you know this is hypothetical no you did for sure i mean all the evidence points at it this is uh this is all uh hypothetical it's our opinions but our opinions there we go yeah it's our opinions yeah. don't sue us oh, fuck right I mean, we make zero dollars on this you podcast. You won't get so. anything from us. We make nothing. <laughs> All right. So uh, we talked about how she got charged for a whole bunch of petty stuff, and she did get charged for murder. Um, but she got charged for murder on October 14th of 2008. So this uh, is sorry, first degree murder. This is going into the timeline, guys. Mm-hmm. So just so you're following us, this is our beginning of getting into the timeline. This is where we're going to start it at. Yeah. Um she was charged with uh, aggravated child abuse, aggravated manslaughter, and four counts of providing false information to law enforcement. In response, Casey's lawyer, Jose Baez, sorry, Baez, Baez, sorry, I think, uh, says his client's action will become clearer at trial. I sincerely, I sincerely believe when we have finally spoken, everyone, and I mean everyone, will sit back and say, "Now I understand that." That explains it. So. In my opinion, this, this guy's a piece of shit, too. I, what, didn't he do OJ? 
I don't know about that one. I he just did. Know I know he's a piece of shit. He did a very big trial and got someone off the hook. I, I'm pretty sure it was. By the way, I think he was bang, banging Casey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be. I I don't. Well, I know that. On that. God, I re- I watched this video of someone that was like going to visit this mm-hmm. attorney, and Casey happened to be there running around naked in the office. Really? Yeah. I, I did hear that. I, I watched that video. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how true that is, but yeah, still, it's like that Chris Watts, that one guy who it said definitely he, makes sense. I mean, he had sex with Chris Watts, and it's like yeah, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> I believe this one though. Good. Casey seems like that type of chick. All right. So ten days later, October twenty fourth, two thousand eight, forensic reports from an examination of Casey's car are released. Um, Real there, quick, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but this is she was charged before the they found the body. Yeah, this was charged two months before found yeah. the body. Okay. So uh, the reports note that a hair strand discovered in the trunk microscopically similar to those found in Kaylee's brush and showed characteristics of apparent decompo- uh, decomposition. 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 You know what it is. Decomposition. Deco- Why the fuck can I say that? It's all good. I couldn't, decomposition. I couldn't say uh, chloroform last episode. So. <laughs> Additionally, an air sample from the trunk is found to contain chemical compounds of consistent with human decomposition. I kind of said it that time. That's pretty good. It's an improvement. <laughs> Jesus, I'm dumb. Uh, December 11, 2008, the wait, skeletal remains. Wait, so for that, like, okay, so they're pretty much saying that um, someone, there was a They believe body. that this strand of hair they found kind of lends credence to the fact that there was a body in this trunk. No, it was it was resemblance of Kaylee's hair. Right, and they, that that would indicate that Kaylee was deceased in the trunk because the hair shows signs of decomposition, meaning that it belonged to a dead body. And the air sample from the trunk is found to contain chemical compounds of, of a rotting body. No, of a rotting body. No, there's, they found compounds of chloroform in it. Hmm. Well, they this had, one, the, the actual report notes that it contains chemical compounds of consistent with human decomp- decomposition. Yeah, I've seen that too. All right, so December 11th, the skeletal remains of a young girl discovered. The, the bones are found in a bag in a wooden area less than half a mile away from the Anthony's home by utility worker Ray Knock Kronk. You, you know, it's funny. I, I think I read somewhere that this guy, or they had searched that area and not found the bones. Am I right on that? No, he, he like sought to convince the police to search that area. And then in the summer, finding it. And then he was the one who went out there and searched the area. When he was the one telling the police, like, "Hey, you oh, should okay. search this area." In the summer, like a month or two after they called, the you know, told maybe him he just knows missing. that it's like a easy area. Like it's a heavily like for area. instance with us, the place we work. Like we always think we're going to find a dead body in that. Which grant we worked there for what a year? There was a few months now. We have exactly. Haven't. There's a remember when that person went missing over here in Sacramento, and we literally were like. We're not going to do our job. We're going to actually search. We this did, guy. yeah, we did, and <laughs> we, we were searching. Like and it was just right off of our uh, our property. He ended up getting find, found, found, like it. probably a half a mile away from where we were searching. Exactly. So had we just went a little bit further, we'd probably find the body. But anyways, yeah. Um, okay. So like, so I, said, I mean that that's just that's for me trying to rationalize this guy mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, come look here." I mean, if you know the area is like could be an area that no one goes to often, and it's like, or it just makes sense. It it's makes a sense, mile yeah. away from the home. Less than a mile. Yeah, they found the body a mile away from the home. Yeah. So wait, wait, wait. it was less than a mile. Yeah, it says uh, less than half a mile. Oh shit! So yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, that makes a little bit of sense, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess I can understand why he would say that. Yeah. Uh, December 20th, 2008, the remains are confirmed to be those of Kaylee, the Orange County Chief Medical Examiner reports that the bones showed no evidence of trauma and that Kaylee's death is being ruled a homicide of undetermined means. So when they found the bones, there was duct tape yeah. on the skull, right? It says, although this, uh, the skull is found with duct tape around the nose, mouth, and jaw, the evidence or the advanced state of decomp- decomposition ultimately prevents the investigators from pinpointing an exact cause of death. And first off, I hate them for keep using decomposition. <laughs> Who doesn't like that word? No, like I, I don't like big words. Big words make my brain. I, hurt. I, I went into the military for a reason. <laughs> big words make his brain hurt. All right. So January twenty third, two thousand nine. Uh, the fa- the grandfather George is actually taken into custody after trying to commit suicide. Hmm. He would later say that he was just in so much pain, mentally, emotionally, all that kind of stuff from mm-hmm. losing his granddaughter and also, I mean, his daughter's in prison for the murder of his granddaughter so he was just done he didn't want to be alive anymore yeah it says uh is reported to be and george was reported to be uh despondent and possibly under the influence of medication and alcohol when he is located in a hotel at daytona beach florida along with five page suicide notes I, i think at this point was he incriminated was he the one saying like or was she saying it was him not yet not yet. Not okay. until the trial, because remember, there was like kind of a bombshell that dropped at, at the trial. I mean, I feel like one. I mean, he still has two kids, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I guess being that depressed. I mean, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, because like I said, of, that, so he, his everything at this point, because his son hadn't had a kid yet, right? I don't think so. So at this point, I mean, you lose that much. Yeah, I can see why you'd be sad or like, fuck, I don't want to live. I can see that. I know my parents would be devastated if my fucking, one of my kids were found dead. Yeah, and you were in prison for it. Yeah. Yeah, they would be. Absolutely. Especially if they believed me. Right. I didn't kill my kid. And they could see no scenario where you make it out as not the murderer and you're going to go to prison for murdering. Like Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. You would mess with people's minds for sure. But at the same time, it's kind of suspicious mm-hmm. in my eyes. Like this is the first time where I actually like open my eyes. I'm like, wow, you know what? Maybe someone else is actually involved in this mm-hmm. because like I said, going into this, I was hundred percent into Casey. Yeah. So Granted, some, I feel like 95% of people are hundred percent believe Casey did yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. You but, know, it's, it's something that um, I don't think we really talked about last episode uh, is the fact that what Casey was doing the whole time. We didn't. Before okay, so before um, before it was actually the nine one one call was ever made, before Kaylee was ever reported missing, we know that there was thirty one days between the time she went missing and this uh, this phone call, right? Mm-hmm. So, do you want to talk kind of about what Casey was busy doing during this time? Partying, partying, partying like an animal. You can find tons and tons of pictures of her taken out at clubs, partying, just being. Being a 22-year-old. Being a 22-year-old uh, with no cares in the world, essentially. With no kids. That's exactly how a yeah. 22-year-old with no kids would act. But like, she, all my friends, that that's how they party when they were 22. And they're like, hey, you want to go to the bar? I'm like, bro, I, I'm, I have kids. Right. And, and her friends would later say, like, there was no inclination that there was anything wrong. Mm-mm. Anything. Like, she was fine. Like So, 
Like, oh no, we were just out partying. Like, nope, didn't see anything wrong. Like, she was that's getting, wild. She was getting tattoos. She, she was, did get a tattoo. She said, her, she got a tattoo that says "Beautiful Life." Yeah. Wow. Wow. Your, your kid's missing, and you get a tattoo that says "Beautiful Life" because you're out partying and shit. Yeah. That's crazy. It's beyond crazy. Yeah, I, I don't know how we missed that last episode. That, that's on our. That's our fault. Yeah, we should. But at least we talked about it. Yeah, we did. All right, so back to the timeline. April 13th, 2009, prosecutors announced their intention to pursue the death penalty. Although earlier court papers indicate that the death penalty would not be in play, they, the new notice of intent cites sufficient aggravated circumstances to justify its imposition. Uh, so that's cool. I honestly didn't know that they're trying to pursue the death penalty. Yeah, I mean, it's cool had it, plan- had it worked out like that. How it ends up working out is not so cool. See, honestly, sometimes I feel like some people shouldn't get the death penalty. I feel like most... They should just m- suffer. And, they and should pre- suffer. But you know what's funny? A lot of people who, especially are institutionalized, they enjoy it. That's why you see so many people going back. They don't know how to live outside of it. Like, For example, we work in security and all the homeless people we encounter, mm-hmm. they want to go to jail and prison because they get warm food. They yeah. get a place to sleep. Uh, well, stuff like lo- that. A lot of them like that, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, some of them are like, oh, please, okay, I'll leave. I don't want to go back. Yeah. But uh, a lot of them like, call the cops. I'm not leaving. I want to go to jail. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, are you serious? Are you kidding me? I get it. Yeah, it. So that's what I'm saying is that some people obviously hate it, but there's a lot of people who I said, like I said, are institutionalized and, and they enjoy it. That's the way they live. That's the way they know how to live. And that's just, that's just life for them. That's just the way. This is the way. All right. So May 24th, 2011, the trial commences. Now this is oh, what? Almost two years later. What was the date? May 24, 2011. Two years later. It's three, isn't it? No, two years later from actually like getting arrested. It's almost, it's like two and a half years later okay. from getting arrested. Yeah. The trial commences with the defense bombshell claims. The trial begins with a prosecution opening salvo of Casey being a party girl with no use for a young daughter, as evidenced by the month spent shopping and drinking during Kaylee's absence. Those remarks are soon eclipsed by Baez. Baez's stunning opening statement, which asserts that Kaylee drowned in the family swimming pool and that George sought to cover up the actual death. The leading defense lawyer also uh, alleges that George had molested Casey, thereby igniting her habit of lying to cover up the pain and and that Nock, the utility worker, had found Kaylee's body and planted it in the woods. Taking the stand as the first witness George denies that he ever molested his daughter or knew anything about Kaylee's drowning. So, to kind of like that was a lot. So, mm-hmm. to kind of break that all down, the opening for the um prosecution was exactly what we Casey, just said. Casey Casey was a party girl. She didn't want a kid. Yeah. So, accident or no accident, she killed her kid. That was pretty much like and their evidence was that the whole time she's missing, she's partying, shopping, getting tattoos, all this kind of no, crap. No right? care in the world. It's a beautiful life. Right. So, and the defense's claim is that George, who, George, who is the grandfather of Kaylee, the father of Casey, molested Casey throughout her entire childhood. Mm-hmm. And that Kaylee drowned in the family pool. And George, the grandfather, said, hey, don't worry about it. And Casey had no choice but to listen to him because she was so scared from being molested and all this shit. She couldn't really do anything about it. She just went with what her dad said. And then they called the utility worker to go dump the body. And that was the defense. That was the defense. Now, granted, remember how I said I was 
on board with like, okay, now I, I might be thinking that Jordan has something to do with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, but the there's no second, way to rule someone out completely. The second they said she was molested, like, granted, it could, you know, I don't, I don't know 100% if she was molested or not. But the second that was thrown in there, it's like, they kind of just threw away the the part where I might have thought George did it something. It makes people, like, okay, so what happens is they do that because there's going to be a lot of people who, like, have now sympathy for her mm-hmm. and they maybe are not so inclined to prosecute her. So the father, George, he would later say in the most recent interview he's done that the attorney Baez and his team came to him and said, hey, you need to fall on the sword for your daughter. We're going to say this and you got to agree with it. That's what he would say that the attorney came to him and said before the trial. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that. That didn't happen. I'm not doing that. Yeah. And so, um, kind of crazy. Kind of. I mean, like, honestly, like it kind of like irritates me. That's, that's that's like most people's defense. Like, oh, I was granted, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to de- you know desensitize no but th- look okay there's a lot of people out there who this has really happened to so mm-hmm. to use this as an excuse to get out of murder is not okay right like there's a lot of people out there who have gone through these traumas and have to live with that so for you like for someone anyone to use it as a lie and excuse to get out of something you did wrong mm-hmm. not okay like granted we we 100% don't know if she was not molested or not we don't know we don't know that for a fact, but I'm pretty sure that the my lawyer, thing is the why lawyer coming to the dad and being like, "Hey, you got to fall on the sword. This is what we're going to say, and you just got to go with it." I mean, that's kind of an indication that that didn't happen. But why? Like, my thing is, and I've talked to a whole bunch of people about this, more like older people, like my family and stuff like that. Why didn't she go and then try to sue the father for all the shit he he did to her? I have no idea. Now, granted, my dad Probably said not true. My dad said, well, at a certain time, I don't know how true this is. I didn't look it up. At a certain time, you can no longer, at a certain like time frame after the, the statute of limitations. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it goes away. Which it, it I, does. I still feel like you can still try to get him arrested for things he did because he could be a child molester. I mean, there's different time lengths on everything. So I don't know exactly what the time frame on all that is. But yeah. either way, I mean, I don't, I don't, I think she didn't pursue anything because she got away with murder. And she was just happy to get away with murder. Yeah. Also, I believe that none of the shit she said happens. Oh, yeah. I don't. I mean, she's obviously a known liar. And that's why we brought it up in the last episode and this episode. Yeah. She lies. Exactly. And it's a, it's a known fact that she lies. Yeah. All right. But the other thing is the the utility worker had found Kaylee's body and planted it in the like, what the fuck? Why? Why would why? he go? Why would he agree with? Do they what? have a family connection? Do like, are they friends with this utility right. worker? Why, why would he do it? What, why would he risk his entire life just randomly like that? <laughs> How does that it, make it sense? It still does not make sense that the body, that there was signs of, you know, the hair follicles in the car, in the trunk, yeah. and the, the, the chemical balance of uh, Which, decomposition body. by the way, I don't even know if you mentioned this, but they blamed all this crap on a bag of trash. The smell, the everything. But yet the actual report shows that there's sign right. of a body. Correct. Well, they weren't. There wasn't enough, obviously. Otherwise, they weren't. They would have. It would have been a wrap, right? So it was minor signs, and the, the fu- defense explained it away as, "Oh, it could have also been this, though. Yes, this is also found in decomposition, but it, it also could have been this." And they just were able to explain everything away, like as far as like 
it could have been something else. So funny thing is, that's no the next part. Definite. That's the next part in the, re- the timeline. Really? On May 27th, 2011, a witness offers his theory, of, theory, theory, making sure people understand, theory about the smell in Casey's car. Simon Birch, the manager of the towing company that impounded Casey's car in June 2008, testifies that he had encountered multiple vehicles with dead bodies during his three decades in the business and that the smell from Casey's car was consistent with those past experiences. That same day, the fiancé of Casey's brother also takes a stand and describes that the very special bond she observed between Kaylee and her mother. Okay, so two things happened there, obviously. the I said theory. It wasn't the trash theory. It was the theory that uh, he said that that smell and everything was similar to the dead bodies he's found before. I do want to reiterate because we said this last episode. There's n- that smell is in, in, unmistakable. You can't mistake that for anything else. You just won't. It, it's yeah. it's a distinct smell that is obvious. And like, if you've ever smelt it, you would understand what I'm saying. You can smell like feces, and it won't smell as bad as a you know a rotting no. body. It's just a unique smell. That if you've smelt it, you know what I'm talking about. And I think you kind of have to have smelt it to know what I'm talking about. It's like burning hair or burning flesh. Yeah, it's a very you, distinct smell. Exactly. Exactly. And you you could tell like, oh, that's hair burning or that's skin burning. Exactly. Uh, the other thing is the fiance of Casey's brother also takes a stand and describes the very special bond she observed between Kaylee and her mother. Well, what is he supposed to say? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's her brother. So what is he supposed to say? Oh yeah, she's a piece of shit. Um, she's always no. Partying. This is no. This is the fiance of Casey's brother. So it's a you know. No, that's her brother, right? Yeah, but it's a fiance of Casey's brother. So it's not her brother taking the stand. Her brother does take the stand, though. But this is right now. This is not her brother. Okay, it's okay. her. It's her future sister-in-law. Hmm. Well, they called it off. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> uh, June 6, thousand eleven, a forensic expert takes a stand. Arpad Vass of the Oak Ridge National Laboratory uh, explains how the shockingly high amount of chloroform, a chemical released by decomposition, as well as one that can be used to knock someone unconscious, detected in the car trunk, led to his conclusion that a dead body was indeed present. However, his testimony is contradicted uh, the following day by an FBI scientist who compares the chloroform level in the trunk to the amount found in household cleaners. Mm. So they were, that's what I mean. They had a little uh, explanation as far as how to get out of that particular evidence, right? Yeah. But, I mean, who do you, who do you believe more? An FBI scientist? I mean, considering there was a body found in the mother's car, you would think that, yes, I'm leaning more towards this being a body. But there's no the body trunk. found in the mother's car. No, what I'm saying is the body's eventually found mm-hmm. and you know that this child is dead and you know that the mother didn't report it for 31 days and you know she showed signs of not really giving a shit. So if I was a juror in general, I would have been leaning towards like, obviously the body was in the truck. Okay, another thing that we're probably, it's probably going to go into later on. Um, as you can see in the very beginning where we talked about the timeline when the trial first immense, the defense was talking about, you know, molestation. And then the other the party was like talking about how she's a party animal. But the the defense lawyer was talking about, what's his name? Again, I forgot. Bias. Bias. He was saying like, at the end, this, this is how she got off, in my opinion. Uh, he was talking about, they're going to talk about trying to get this to be an emotional case, but don't let your emotions get to you. If they don't have any facts, they don't have any of this, but don't let it be an emotional case. And then he goes and says some emotional ass shit. 
Right. And then that gets them to be emotional, and that's I that's why I feel like the jury sides with Casey. Okay, anyways, moving on. June 8th, the jury ponders the uh, relevance of search engines. A software designer testifies that someone had searched for chloroform a whopping 84 times and also looked up search terms as head injuries, uh, ruptured spleen, chest trauma, and internal bleeding on Anthony's home computer in March of 2008. During the regular working hours of George and Sydney, the designer later reports uh, an error in his detecting software and determines that the user visited a site related to chloroform once. Once is enough. Yeah. Especially when you consider everything that happened. When you consider okay. what the cellmate said about the chloroform, all that kind of crap. Okay, first off, I don't know if that matters once because what if they were looking into something? Like, for example, if we ever get arrested, we're fucked. No, I mean, we're going to have an, a literal excuse. Like, here, here's 32 episodes. Right. I mean, you have at least at least 35 hours of content. To we look to. up weird shit, but <laughs> this is why we look up weird shit. Yeah. All right, so June 23rd, 2011, Sydney re- refutes previous testimony. In a crucial day for the defense, Sydney claims that she was the one who researched chloroform on the computer. She also testifies that a stain found in the trunk allegedly caused by Kaylee's body was there when the family purchased the car eight years earlier. So she's defending her kid is what she's doing. Yeah. I don't know why. Because she, she believes her kid. Right. I mean, at this point, you're like disputing facts. Like, I mean, you're, I don't want to say that. She's helping to get rid of evidence is what she's doing. Mm-hmm. So if you believe she did it, that's, or if you believe she did not do it, that's fine. But you're not supposed to contribute in getting rid of evidence. Yeah. In my opinion. As as a parent, I as would not. Parent, yeah. As a parent, I would not help my kid get away with murdering their kid. No, sorry, you do it. That's on you. You got to deal with it. Exactly, exactly. Uh, July third, two thousand eleven. The two sides present their closing arguments, continuing with the narrative that Casey was overly burdened by Kaylee. Lead prosecutor Jeff Ashton emphasizes to the jury how the young mother was motivated enough to go to extremes to achieve her freedom. Quote, something needed to be sacrificed and that something was either the life she wanted or the life thrust upon her. He says she chose to sacrifice her child. While forbidden from revisiting the unsupported molestation claims, Baez nevertheless delivers an effective closing argument. Like I said, this is what I believe won the case. Uh, an effective closing argument by pointing out the lack of evidence that could definitely place Kaylee's body in the trunk or tie Casey to her daughter's death. Doesn't talk about how he said, don't make it an emotional case, but watch, watch the closing argument, so the closing statements of the trial. And you'll see what I'm talking about, how he gives an, a great, like he's a great talker. Mm-hmm. Great Obviously. Talker. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, most for a living. Yeah. Most lawyers are. Right. So, in other words, what got Casey off is the lack of evidence, not anything else. Yeah. Or the fact that they were able to, able to dispute the evidence that they did have. Exactly. All right. So, July 5th, 2011, Casey is found not guilty of murder. After almost six weeks of testimony and 400 pieces of evidence presented in the court, the jury of seven women and five men takes less than 11 hours to uh, reach the verdict of not guilty. 
July 7, 2011, Casey is sentenced to time already served. Casey receives a four-year sentence and 4000 fined for the four courts of lying to police, but the prison time is canceled out by the near three years already spent behind bars and credit for good behavior. So she didn't even have to serve. Uh, she served three, three years. Technically three years, yeah, but uh, seems seems pretty light for killing your kid. Exactly. Uh, July 17, 2011, Casey is released from jail. Casey exits the Orange County Jail shortly after midnight, passing the approximately 100 protesters who showed up to demand justice for Kaylee. Quote, it is my hope that Casey Anthony can receive the counseling and treatment she needs to move forward with the rest of her life, her lawyer says in the statement. And that so, is the timeline. Imagine this. Now what? You're the, okay, Casey obviously doesn't give a shit. She just got away with murder. Mm-hmm. As a grandparents, you somewhat helped her get away with murder. Yeah. How are you feeling at this point if you're the grandparents? I mean, you have an obligation. I get it to your kid, but what about your grandkid who's innocent, a two and a half or almost three-year-old? Mm-hmm. Like, you have an obligation to that child as well. So, I feel like you have more of an ob- more of an obligation as a grandparent. A, yeah, well, I mean, I feel like you have more of an obligation to a child that you love and care about. I mean, regardless, I don't know how you view grandparents. I'm like, when I was growing up, my grandmas, uh, all they did was just love. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all grandparents are supposed to do. I feel like my grandparents, like, I don't want to be mean, but I feel like they loved and showed their love to me more than they did my parents, if that makes well, sense. That's why, that's why I think parents are the ones to raise you, to treat you and train right, you right, and right. get you ready for life. What but I mean, like, grandparents okay, should just show you love. So, like when I'm a grandparent in my like what I'm trying to say is so when my I have grandkids, mm-hmm. I would show them more love than I showed my actual kids. I don't know why, but I feel like that's how grandparents are, and I'm not saying that's what I'm going to do. I'm saying no, that's no, that, what I notice about grandparents in general. Well, you you see that because you you're getting raised. You're not getting like honestly. Like I see my job as a dad to raise and not to be a friend to teach to teach life to my kids. And grandparents don't have that. They don't have that role. No, they just have to be there and show love. That's all they have to do. Be the be fun, show love, make the cool um, dinners and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, yeah. I can't wait to go to grandma's house so I can go play with. I, I know I get a new toy when I go over there. Right? I get a new toy. Get I get to eat wheel. all the candy and cookies and <laughs> exactly. all that kind of stuff that I can't have at home. Nope. Because mom and dad will say no. But exactly. I don't know, like especially with Sydney, like re, you know, going back and saying, "Oh, that was me," even though it was found during working hours when she was at work. Eh. I know that. Okay, so I've talked about this a couple of times. The latest interviews with these people, the grandparents regret it all, and they have since stopped talking to uh, Casey. Casey, the at the point of this interview, the grandmother Cindy, she had talked to Casey like sporadically, like very. Far I mean, and I, few I, in between. I feel like it's hard to get rid of your daughter. Well, uh, the father George, he um, he doesn't talk to her at all. I mean, if my Cut daughter ties with her completely, my daughter said I raped her, molested her. Then yeah, I'd be like fuck you. Exactly. You ruined my life. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. And this is like for you something said, you did. You you mentioned in the first episode how big of a case this was, right? Mm-hmm. It's huge. Everybody knew about it. Everybody. Everybody. So. If you're being accused of molesting your own child... Your life's ruined. Everybody knows about this now. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people believed it at the end of all this, because I, I think we kind of are on the same page here and not believing it. Yeah. Um, so maybe it wasn't as bad as we're thinking, but it, at least, what, 
millions of people probably believe he did. Yeah. And I know in the timeline they didn't mention it, but the lawyer mentioned to George when he was on stand, he was like, well, you try to kill yourself, right? And then like yeah. he gave him the emotional, he was like crying. He was like, yep. You know, he didn't want to respond, but you know, he had to. And like he was like suffering through that. It was yeah. sad. And I think the lawyer even eventually said, was it the guilt like from the molesting and all that kind of stuff too? Mm-hmm. So, um, and at that point he got mad. Yeah. He was like, how dare you? It's how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> um, yeah, it's honestly, it's, it's one of those cases that you just get emotional again. It is. It's a frustrating case. Um, for you know what, this is the probably the most frustrating. Maybe John Bonet's also up there with it, but the Watts case, Chris got arrested, right? Yeah. So we got justice. I guess if you want to call that justice for fucking murdering your entire family. We got some some form of justice, right? Mm-hmm. In this case, you get nothing. Nothing. No closure. Nothing. Nothing. I know a lot of people have to deal with that, not getting closure and everything. But okay, but this uh, seems like a, such an obvious case, and I get it. You can't just be like, "Oh, in my brain, I know that she did it." There has to be evidence. But at the same time, I mean, come on, come on. You got to know she did it, and she got away with it, dude. Yeah, she got away with it, and she went. <laughs> this is one of those times where the justice system fails us. It, it. But what about what about the the defense even brought up how she drowned? Did nothing happen? Like I feel like that's like child neglectation. Neglectation. Yeah. Well, apparently, this is what I've seen going through some stuff is that the back door didn't have a lock on it to this house. Okay. I mean, I don't. I don't know. That's that's what they say. So. There was no lock, so they couldn't lock the door, so it was easy for Kaylee to open the door, go in the pool, and drown. And that was their defense. I don't I don't buy it, but, yeah. I mean, that's what they say. And you would think, yes, there's some kind of neglect that would come into, uh, come into effect there, right? But then again, she had time served, three years, whatever, so the neglect was already included in that. No, no, it was only for lying to police. I thought the neglect was included in that. No, it was just for lying to police. That's what uh, she got charged for. Uh, I'll reread it. Uh, Casey's found not guilty of murder after almost six weeks of testimony and four thousand. I already read that. Uh, Casey receives four-year sentence and four thousand fine for four counts of lying to police, but the prison time is canceled out. So yeah, only for lying to police. Uh, do you think her parents paid the four thousand? For sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure they had to. Uh, she didn't have the money. She stopped working at Universal. She'd been in prison. Unless, you know, it's a, one of those, you know, monthly payments. Yeah. Could be. Well, I mean, yeah, for sure. I'm sure they do that, but I bet you the parents pay it. Probably. Okay, so real quick, let's just, uh, I think we've covered everything, covered everything, really. Um, I mean, I know we could get into super fine detail about this stuff, but we we're get not going to do that. We get a lot of theories and everything like that. We, we can honestly make this probably like another two episodes, but we, we're not trying to do that. We're just trying to give you everything that... Yeah. Simplify stuff. that we have. Simplify stuff. That's what we're all about. Um, so let's let's wrap it up here. Um, I don't know. Let's. You want to give our closing thoughts on the case and just what we overall thought about it? Yeah. Um, in my opinion, I think she did it. I think that mm-hmm. what happened was she did use chloroform on a regular basis to put Kaylee to sleep so that she can go out and party and enjoy her young life, right? Okay. I think that something happened with the chloroform that went wrong. Okay. She found Kaylee dead when she returned from partying. Mm-hmm. And it scared her. So she 
did whatever she could to cover it up. She threw her in the trunk and planned on getting rid of her. And then waited, you know, 20 days. Waited (laughs) however long she waited, right? Yeah. But um, she waited and then eventually disposed of the body Mm -hmm. and then went about her life. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. That's what I think happened. Um, I don't think, like, a lot of people, like, ponder on how she would have killed her. I don't think she intended to. Yeah. I I think think it was an accident. Yeah. It could have, yeah, def- I definitely don't think she intentionally killed her. I think she overdosed her on something. Chloroform. Could be chloroform. I, yeah, could be. I mean, in my opinion, that's what it all adds up to is just simply because, like, the first of all, the uh, the cellmate said as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't mean we have to believe a prisoner, right? But yeah. it does make sense because mm-hmm. she did search it, and it just makes sense. I mean, yeah. For those of you who don't know what chloroform is, it's pretty much like... The day-rape drug. It is. Um, no, that's... No, that's roofies. Roofies. Um, but why don't you seen call Ace Ventura? <laughs> have you seen Ace Ventura? I have. Which one? Uh, I don't know. The one... I think it's the first one, honestly. But it's the one where he's like running on the track. Okay. And he puts chloroform on a rag, runs up to a racer, and puts it over his mouth and like knocks him out. That's pretty much what chloroform is. Yeah. It knocks you out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes sense to me. That's what I think honestly happened. I think that she did use that and it just messed up one time she used too much or whatever, whatever would be the case, but she killed her on accident. You're, I mean, I don't know much about chloroform cause I don't look that up cause I don't want to look <laughs> that up. Um, but I feel like sometimes you, your body might have like a, an, a reaction to it and your your, your lungs might yeah, stop working. It's, it's or, not normal. Yeah. It's not normal to use it. No. Yeah. I mean, it, we our body produces it. Yeah. That's in a decomposi- decomposition state, right? Mm-hmm. Decom- that, that kind of state. <laughs> that word. <laughs> that word. Um, but that's when it produces it, if I'm not mistaken. So mm-hmm. it does produce it when you're dead. It does. Decomposing. So it's in our, it's in our body for sure, but not. It's, I don't think we're supposed to receive it. No. Yeah. No, that's not normal at all for <laughs> you to have chloroform used on you on a mm-hmm. regular basis. Now, okay, so I also can have another opinion about actually drowning in the pool. Okay. She could have actually drowned in the pool. Absolutely. But I don't think George is there. Okay. I don't think Sydney was there, and I think she f- freaked out. Like she was probably on the phone talking to someone, like. In the report that someone said that she was always known to... I, I didn't read that. That was something I read. Sorry. Uh, someone said that she would always... Every time she's on the phone, she would walk away from her daughter mm-hmm. and go be on the phone in a different room or something like that. So she could have been on the phone or on Facebook or MySpace, whatever's around back then, and um, not paying attention. And she walked back there. The, the ladder was up, so could have climbed into the pool. Mm-hmm. Climbs in the pool. She's two or three. She doesn't know how to swim. Um, and drowns. That makes sense too. It's uh, the only thing I the only, the only thing I see with that as like maybe not really being the case is only because she had moved out at that point, so she wasn't really at her parents' house. Also, her parents had seen her leave with true. Kaylee. That's true. Um, she could have drowned in a you know an apartment complex pool. She could have. She could have. She could have drowned at her parents' house. She could have uh, went back to the house when her parents were at work. Yeah, and just been chilling there and that happened so it's a definitely a possibility i i just think that she was uh, we know she liked to party right so mm-hmm. that's why i go with my theory because let me tell you i have a, right now where i live mm-hmm. 
uh, there's a pool in my backyard mm-hmm. and I was on my phone once and I didn't see my son in my room or in the room that we were in. And I immediately ran straight outside. My door was open and I watched him walk into the pool and like, I, I fucking, I panicked. But luckily my, I took when my son just turned one, uh, my dad put him into a swim class with me. So me and him went into a swim class and luckily as a three-year-old, my son understood what to do. And it's lucky. Like, I mean, not he, lucky. That's good. It, it's good. I mean, it also is lucky because what he did was when he fell in, he immediately like, sw- like started like doggy paddling and grabbed the wall. Granted, I was there and I was already jumping into the pool, but he like he grabbed the wall, was holding on to mm. it while I was in the pool. So, kids like if you don't know how to swim, put your kids into a swim class. Yeah, I know COVID's right now and you probably can't, but like if you have a pool or you know someone has a pool, just do like go online, look up how to do some some swim classes, and yep. your kid will learn. Granted. Kids already know to go on their back. It's like a natural instinct when they go into a pool to float on their back. I think most kids who don't know how to swim would just panic. And that's why they you do. see so many accidental drownings. But babies, but ba- I'm talking about babies. Mm-hmm. Like their natural instinct when they go in the pool is to go on their back because their lungs are filled with air. And so they, they just float up. Yeah. Like I've seen kids fall in the pool. Like I've seen my sister fall in the pool when she was like two and she just floated up top. You know my buddy Miles, right? I mean, you you've seen yeah, you've yeah. seen him. Mm-hmm. Um, his one time we were at a hotel, and we all the grown-ups were busy and all this kind of stuff, right? But his kid felt like this was on the stairs playing in the pool, and mm-hmm. so everybody knew that she was in the pool. But she stepped off the last stairs, mm-hmm. let go of the rail, and started going under the pool, and like was literally drowning. Mm-hmm. And nobody seen him seen her, and I'm like, holy fuck! And I jumped into the pool, and I like saved her life. Mm-hmm. Literally saved your life. You're welcome, Miles. If you're if you're listening to this, <laughs> I know he's one of the only people that actually actually posts our shit, so yeah, he does sure. listen. Yeah. Um, um, I drowned when I was a kid. You almost drowned. No, I I legitimately drowned. I didn't die, but I was unconscious and I had water in my lungs. And I was I drowned. Damn. It was because we were in this. It was a big pool, and there's like I don't know, 15, 20 kids in the pool, and we had one of those big floaty rafts in the middle of the pool, mm-hmm. and one of the kids pushed me off and I went under it and the, the floaty went above me and I was stuck. And I just remember like I was losing conscious as I was going down and I just saw some lady jump in. It was one of my mom's friends. Uh, but I woke up later on. I wasn't on the pool. Damn. That's crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, okay. So when I was saying I saved Miles kid's life, no big deal. Um, <laughs> I saved saved her life. No biggie. But when I did that, I had just bought a brand new pair of shoes and I wasn't swimming. I was in like regular ass clothes. So I was just chilling. <laughs> And uh, thankfully, I had just handed Miles my phone, which is probably why he didn't see her, mm-hmm. because I had handed him my phone so that he can watch a video. Uh-huh. And so that's probably why he honestly didn't even see her. Yeah. Um, he was watching a video on my phone. But thankfully, I didn't have my phone with me when I jumped into the pool. But I had everything else on me, my wallet, my clothes, my brand new shoes. I was Honestly, like, at that point, I, I would rather break a fucking phone and shoes and shit that oh, a kid died. Yeah, no doubt. I know, like I, I would even if I had the phone on me, I would have still jumped in the pool, right? Yeah. But um I'm happy I didn't cuz that's one less thing <laughs> I pruned that day. That's true. Well, I think you were just dragging it on now. Oh, we're just bullshitting now. Yeah. Just talking. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> all right, guys, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode like we told you on our last part of this episode, we uh, we intend to do missing four one one next. So if you guys have any cases you want to uh, 
want us to talk about. We don't have anything like set in stone yet. We're just going to pull up a bunch of different cases and talk about that. So if you guys have any particular suspicious disappearances that you would like us to talk about, send us that on um, any form, any platform. Yep. Our social media is Bizarre Investigations Podcast. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. Yep. Um, you can email us at bizarreinvestigations at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We also have that Zello app. If you guys haven't done that yet, go and go ahead and take care of that. Go to channels, press add channel or search channels and bizarre investigations, two words, go and into, yeah. find us. Yeah. Go into your store on your phone. Mm-hmm. It's a free app. It's Z-E- called Zello. Z-E-L-L-O. And, and it's, it's a, a walkie talkie app. It's pretty cool. Me and Hugh, we use it on a nightly basis. So yep. just pop in there. You can leave us a voice message and we will get back to you, I promise. Yeah. And if we're on, we can, we can have a whole legitimate conversation with Absolutely, us. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. We're always on there. It'd be pretty cool, guys. Uh, I'd also like to say in February, I'm having surgery on my nose. So this fi- finally go away. Wow. I'm finally getting my nose fixed. Even though I feel like we, I said that on episode, what, like three? Um, I know you said it a long time ago, for sure. Mm-hmm. So it's been a year since. Isn't that crazy? When this episode is released... We will almost, will be one, episode 411 will be our one year mark. We got to figure that out, like, as a, like, fact, when our first episode was released. February 1st. February 1st? February 1st, Ooh, 2019, or 2020. Damn. Yeah, that's cool, man. A year. That's what's wild. I didn't think mm-hmm. we would, I mean, I, I didn't, wasn't sure that we would last that long. I definitely didn't think, especially when Farnsey left and we took, like, a, yeah. a three month hiatus. Well, just this past time when, I think we've realized, too, that we can't force things. If we need a break, we need a break. That's all there is to it. Yeah, we yeah, especially with not making any money, it's kind of hard to exactly prioritize. By the way, I think we are going to start adding ads. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll discuss that later on. We'll actually do it, and then we'll, we'll talk to you guys about it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's it, right? Yeah, that, I think that's it. Do you got anything else? Uh, nothing but a toodles. All right. <laughs> so so that's it guys. We'll see you guys next time. All right, toodles. Peace out.